Hey, you okay? Oh, damn enchiladas. Oh. You gonna be all right? Hey everybody, Griff here with yet another installment of that little segment away from the main show. That's right, it's that damn Griff, uh, because without everybody else, it's not, it's a damaged loss. So we're here. I uh, hope everybody's doing well. Hope the week has treated you okay. It's currently May 19th. Tomorrow is May 20th. And with May 20th, a Friday, it brings uh, week four of The Last Driving with Joe Bob Briggs. Now, I've been meaning to talk about this season for the past couple weeks because it feels like The Drive-In is doing something very interesting. It's been kind of a season of uh, anniversaries and celebrations. Anniversaries in the sense of it's uh, actually been 40 years since Joe Bob Briggs' first drive-in review. So we got that on the first week and celebrations, as in celebrations of the 100th installment of The Last Drive-In. So I just thought I'd pop in and kind of go over the past three weeks and probably what we can kind of expect for the rest of the season as it progresses through the rest of its 10-week run. So first up, uh, for week one, we had... Night of the Living Dead as the 100th movie to be shown on The Last Driving with Joe Bob Briggs. Now, you know, Night of the Living Dead, it is a classic of the genre and of movies in general. Um, If you haven't seen it, I I don't know who would be listening to this and hasn't seen the original Night of the Living Dead, but please, if you have not seen it, I would like you to hit stop. Go to your, your streaming service, of your choice go to Night of the Living Dead for 1968 and watch it in black and white and then come back and and listen to this segment and the rest of the episode because Night of the Living Dead is a movie that everyone should watch Um, you know not only is it a towering achievement in film and a standard setter for horror movies in general, not to mention the start of a uh, unstoppable subgenre, meaning, you know, the, the modern take on zombie movies. But, you know, it's just a damn good film. Uh, as we go through these, these installments of The Last Drive-In, you know, you sit on Twitter and you get your Twitter fingers going and you go through the motions, you have fun, you, you discuss, you comment on the movie at hand. You know, some folks do quips, some folks like me type in all caps at random moments because some stuff's funny. Uh, 
And sometimes the movies affect you, and and you get dialed in to the moments that stand out. And for Night of the Living Dead, for me, that moment is always the ending. And the ending hits. And I tweet out over at the It's Them Damn Twitter account. I tweet out, you know, this this ending always pisses me off. Because the ending to Night of the Living Dead always pisses me off. And somebody... You know, quick to respond with, it's perfect, though. It's like, well, that's not up to debate. Yeah, the the ending to Night of the Living Dead is perfect. But does everybody that kind of goes back to that moment is thinking that it's something that they have to do for their film? Is that kind of moment of perfection always earned by everything that's out there? I don't, I don't think so. I think that that ending pisses me off because people see the wrong things in it. You know, they see the hopelessness and and the despair and the ruin brought onto the situation by outsiders that had nothing to do with the situation. And that's the lesson they take from it without earning the finality of that, that character beat. The ending to Night of Living Dead works because the previous hour and some change of film all works. It's all got to work in order for that ending to make sense. So that that's what you know my thought was coming out of Night of Living Dead. Never going to get tired of that film. Never going to get tired of talking about that film. Uh, the second film for that first week was... Anthropophagus or The Grim Reaper and it was uh, the first film that Joe Bob Briggs ever reviewed and you never know what you're going to get on the last drive-in and sometimes you get something that just really blows you away either for good reasons or bad reasons you know I am one of the survivors of the VHS night so I know sometimes there are some movies that just wipe your brain clean of all rational thought due to how just batshit borderline nuts everything that takes place on screen is and sometimes you get stuff that just blows you away at the artistry and and technique that you're seeing on screen and sometimes you get stuff that you go, well, I can see what they were trying to do. But, holy shit. I, I, I ain't never revisiting this one again. And Anthropophagus, I would revisit it if somebody tried to readapt that story. It gave us a new twist on the cannibal on a deserted island with, with your, your gothic-esque structures and, and darkened villas and vistas and all that stuff but uh wow wow yeah what what a, what a head scratcher I don't <laughs> I don't know what was more uh, mind numbing the pacing or the score uh, that score man that score sounded like the composer was kind of using the synthesizer to hold themselves up and just kept leaning on the keys. 
just just rough stuff. Uh, the killer is a cannibal in this one, and there was a lot to be made about a couple of the gore scenes, namely when the killer uh, kind of chops down on on some uh, on a fetus, and yeah, you know you're either desensitized or just your your brain's gone when you see a scene like that. And he goes, "Oh, oh yeah, I, I'm supposed to be shocked, but I think." I think that's it. I think I'm just tapped out for the evening. So either I've seen way too much rancid shit in movies, or uh, I was expecting something even a lot worse. But Anthropophagus was good to see kind of another outlier of the Italian horror genre. And to really see how Joe D'Amato did not give one iota of a fuck when making his films. Got in, made the movie, got out, used another assumed name to go make another movie. Got out, did another thing. Uh, over 250 credits and I don't know, over 100 different names throughout his career, I guess. So yeah, that's 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 Joe and that's Anthropophagus. Week two, week two. Let's move on to week two. Week two was a doubleheader that I never expected. Uh, I, I would have expected Black Sunday during one of these weeks throughout the last driving run, but I did not expect James Bond III's Death by Temptation. Um, that was a movie that just never in a million years would I thought to have seen it on the last driving, a staple of my youth in various video stores but yeah coming back 32 years later never would have picked it for a live streaming extravaganza <laughs> and it was just great to revisit and in revisiting it I I found myself thinking of all these stories that might have been you know throughout the horror genres stuff we didn't see you know, like spinning out of this one. You know, what would it have been like growing up and, and seeing a, a series of movies centered around uh, Kay, played by Kadeem Hardison, and Dougie, played by Bill Nunn, uh, having these kind of hard-tinged adventures after the end of this movie. You know, what would a story be like if... All right. James Bond III's character, Joel, kind of went back to this period of time and looked for the friends that he lost. You know, think about all those, those movies, all those horror movies that got a one and done and were never really expanded on. Hell, even James Bond III, this is his only movie. And Joe Bob was saying that when they asked him, you know, where was his follow-up? And he's like, well, how do you top that? And that's the truth. How do you top something that swings so big once? Says everything you want to say as an artist in that position, making a horror movie or making a film in general. And where, where do you go? Where do you go from there? Well, I know where the last driving went. They went to week three. Week three after the doubleheader of Black Sunday. And again, it's one of those classics. Black Sunday, 
haven't seen it, go see it. Uh, directed by Mario Baba, a staple of the Italian horror genre itself. Uh, week 3 brought us The Little Girl Who Lives Down the Lane from 1976 and Housebound from 2014. Uh, the Little Girl Who Lives Down the Lane, never heard of it. And again, it's one of those movies where The Last Driver really comes through and exposing its viewers and its audience towards things that never would have seen because I certainly probably would have not seen this film until it was shown uh, on the program. Um, a very young Jodie Foster gives a hell of a performance uh, as the main character, as Ren. And it is uh, one of those that really leans hard on its characterization. It, it kind of only works if uh, in this format if these characters are played by Jodie Foster and Martin Sheen. Um, if this was adapted any other way, I don't see this working as well. And I'm sure there have been other adaptations. I did not do my homework because, you know, this is just me sitting in front of a mic talking to y'all. But um, I think it is definitely a, a must-see film based on the performances of Jodie Foster and Martin Sheen alone because... Damn it, I could see uh, a lot of people kind of seeing their interplay and dialogue and back and forth throughout this, this one and getting inspired and really delving into um, trying to uncover what stories they can tell to replicate and point towards that magic for themselves. Uh, and the final film in this kind of series, this little recap of three weeks of The Last Drive in the final film is... Uh, 2014's Housebound um, and Housebound is kind of this uh, New Zealand horror comedy uh, that kind of leans more towards uh, the horror aspect of it but the comedy is more of a not necessarily a crutch it enhances, it enhances things uh, basically a, a young woman's on house arrest and she doesn't want to be there back at home with her parent or her mom and her stepdad and is the house haunted i mean i i'm not going to tell you here you you got to watch the movie but it's one of those films where you can see that the, the horror and comedic elements really play off of each other and enhance the whole viewing experience because when it's horrific it is horrific and when it's funny it's funny, and that's the best kind of horror comedy to have. Um, if you don't take it seriously enough, then tonally, uh, you might not get a good final product, but if you take those hor horrific moments seriously, then everything works, and it's wonderful. Um, Housebound is definitely one of those that I wished that Shudder had the rights to show Peter Jackson's uh, dead alive or brain dead afterwards because uh, it would have fit perfectly right after that movie. Um, and that's a compliment to Housebound uh, as well as the everlasting power of Peter Jackson's dead alive slash brain dead. Uh, so yeah, so that's a quick rundown of the three weeks 
that we've had so far on The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs and Darcy the Mail Girl. Uh, once again, uh, I do think that the cast and crew of, of The Last Drive-In is firing on all cylinders, and they've kind of created uh, this wonderful little just hours-long block of fun on these particular Friday nights where you can sit back, uh, no matter what's playing on, on Shutter during this, you know, five, six-hour block of the last drive-in. You can sit back and you can fire up, and you can fire up Twitter, and you can just have a good time. Um, if the movie isn't for you, you know that's fine. Maybe you can come back around. Maybe you can find something else uh, in the discussion itself throughout the hashtags. But I, I do really dig uh, the environment that the show's providing for fans of horror and fans of the genre. And, you know, it, it, it makes for a nice nice way to spend the time uh, during this time period where a lot of the real world is in a lot of flux. Let's say it that way. Flux. Yeah, that sounds good. Sounds like a profane word. You might want to use it to describe a lot of stuff, but yeah, flux. That's it. I'm not going to hold you. I could talk about this stuff for a lot longer, but I want you all to uh, know that we're still working behind the scenes to get things going. Uh, but I will keep touching base with everybody with these little sessions until that day comes. Uh, we, we can get back to business and uh, keep keep on keeping on with It's Them Damage, lots of the podcast. So until then, everybody out there, uh, stay safe. Take care of yourselves. Shout out to you, Mark, for uh, putting these together and putting these out. Really appreciate it. And I appreciate all of you for listening. And I will see you next time. Take care.